What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain I get a ton of people asking when they can drop in with me, when they can experience an ecstatic dance with me, when they can get some personal coaching. And so I wanted to open up an opportunity, not just for the Go For Your Win group, which has previously been the way that I've interacted with people on that kind of personal basis, but for everybody. So we're creating the Aubrey Marcus Mastermind Weekend, and the first one is coming up really quick. It's June 16th and 17th here in Austin, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to have some great speakers come in. We're going to have some roundtable discussions, some small group coaching, and then of course some experiential things from Black Swan Yoga to my new ecstatic dance that's going to debut, and we're going to go through that all together. It's going to be just an epic two-day weekend, and for anyone who wants to dive deeper into the principles surrounding Go For Your Win or Own The Day or any of my principles on love and relationship, we'll cover the full gamut throughout the weekend, open up plenty of room for questions and personal coaching, and it's just going to be a great time. A lot of the people who went there have stayed in touch from the last group, which we did focused on the Go For Your Win, and a couple of them are even here as part of the on it team and part of the Aubrey Marcus team. It's just a great way to interact and uh, get to meet the people who are behind the scenes here and close to my family and my heart and myself as well. So I hope to see as many of you guys there as possible on June 16th in Austin. If you go to aubreymarcus.com slash weekend, you can find all the details. I got a chance to drop in with Luke Story at his house on his podcast, The Lifestylist Podcast, and just had an epic conversation. So I wanted to have him out here to Austin to talk on this podcast, dive a little deeper. And we run for one of the longest podcasts that I've done and one of my favorite as well. I hope you guys really enjoy it. It covers a wide variety of topics. And I think you'll really get to dig knowing Luke as I have. Well, man, I'm glad you could make it out. You know, I did this whole podcast tour and you know, there's just, it's always great because you have a great conversation with a lot of people, but then there's a couple of people where you're like, ah, shit, like, I'm gonna be friends with that dude. And I had that feeling leaving the podcast that I did with you. Um, so I was always, I was stoked to have you out and uh, continue chatting and introduce you to uh, to my people as well. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and I got a really good response from your episode that we did. Yeah. It was, you know, you're popular. People said, how was he, man? Was he cool? Because, you know, there's like a public, pers- <laughs> you know, seriously, there's a sure. public persona of people. And then you sit down with someone, you look them in the eyes, and then you get who they really are, maybe you know, right. as close as you can. How, he sounded really cool in your show. Is that Aubrey guy cool? I said, you know what? He was fucking solid. He was a really solid guy. And I found you to be, you know, you have your areas of expertise and all that, and like everyone has their knowledge base, but I found you to be very grounded and centered. 
and it's not that often I sit down with someone that can kind of go toe to toe on presence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, like eye contact, just physical breath. I was like, dude, this guy's there. He's in the room. That is something that's a, it's something that you appreciate more and more over time. And you, you kind of notice more and more over time is the people who can kind of hold that level of just space with you, you know, and the people who you can, even if they're not looking at their phone, you can see it calling to them from yeah, the shadows. Yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. fucking schmiegel and they want to look at their precious and scroll their Instagram feed yeah. as they're fucking, you know, talking to you. And yeah. you just feel that and you're like, whoa, you know, like be here, let's be here. Let's yeah. be with me here. And certainly I've been on the other side of that too, where I got a million work things and other things going on in my mind. But, you know, when it comes time to connect with somebody, yeah, that's that's the, you know, to be able to give your full focus. I found important. it interesting with you too, because you've done what, 17 ayahuasca journeys, mm -hmm. I think at that point. And that's one, I don't know if you call it a drug, but let's just say that's one medicine I've, I've not tried, although I've tried a lot of other psychedelics in copious amounts. Um, but I find in sort of the plant medicine scene, there's a lot of, and this is not to disparage anyone, but like a lot of Burning Man people that are into the plant medicines and stuff, which is totally cool, like whatever your journey is. <clears throat> but I haven't met that many that have your level of experience with that that are also grounded and like down to earth and they've been able to transmute those experiences into real life presence. Yeah. Some people seem to sort of take that and end up flying away with it. And I'm like, hey, come back. Like, right. <laughs> we're still on, on the earth plane here. Yeah. You know, we still have to be embodied and real, or you don't have to do anything, but it's more pleasurable being with someone that, you know, has access to the supernatural and metaphysical realms, but is still very much aware that, well, that's, like, that's why we're here. The earth like, games happen. I think there's been a big mistake to kind of throw away the body side and just skip this level of the game and go connect to pure consciousness like guess what well that's where we're headed <laughs> like what's the rush you know let's yeah. try and bring that in body you know let, let's try to hold that in this vessel and make this vessel as awesome as we can i mean that was the purpose of this first book it's like let's talk about the human machine and i think if you don't take the time to integrate you know some of these plant medicine journeys these wildly ecstatic experiences yeah your feet are not going to touch the ground but you know what'll help your feet touch the ground fucking loading up a squat bar <laughs> you know doing some deadlifts like right. rolling around on a jujitsu mat like getting getting humbled by like the physicality of life not surrounding right. yourself with people who are constantly you know talking in you know spiritual euphemisms but like get get with the real homies you know get with a, a mix of different people know when the vibe is to go that way and the vibe yeah. is to you know just get down and nitty-gritty i had a huge lesson along those lines from john gray who i've interviewed a couple times on my show and the first time we recorded and i'm sure this has happened to you where like the real the great conversation happens before the mics are on does that ever happen oh, to you yeah. like you have this whole thing going and then you turn <laughs> the mics on and you're like ah what happened but i had john gray on skype the author of men are from mars women are from venus and i remember that book probably like when i was a teenager and it was like shit old people read i just yeah i never really gave into it much but i heard him speak and he was amazing so we're on skype and i was asking him about his early beginnings he was um he followed the maharishi he was like his personal assistant for nine years he had this whole spiritual life around all these gurus and i got all excited about you know the gurus that he got to sit at the feet of and that you know the the goal to me spiritually was always like get to the point where you're a yogi and you just give up all your belongings and go live in a cave and he was I mean, he gave me a firsthand experience and said, he said, actually, Luke, the real work is here on earth and that 
to to me the gurus this is him the gurus that i had an opportunity to be around that could do all of these sort of magic tricks and all this crazy shit bilocate do all sorts of like non-human level things that he viewed them in in his final analysis as sort of escapist right and that they they had this direct contact with god as it were but that they left and maybe they did some teaching but they weren't householders anymore and they sort of transcended that place and he said no man we're doing the real work, which is to have that spiritual experience, but to be able to carry it out into the world and still kind of be a normal guy and still work within commerce and relationship to other people. And that was such a profound thing for me because to me, the goal is like, find a guru who's enlightened, have them touch you on the head, and then your ego goes away and you can just go walk around a field all day and not have any more problems. Yeah. You know, it was like that escapist route. So it was, it was just an, it was a cool moment for me to hear that from him. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll do that. It's much more challenging to do this. Right. And, and you know, look, I think that that route would make more sense if that wasn't where we were heading when we die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm very confident with all of my travels to what, you know, I fully believe and I would say I know is the other side of physical reality, of physical consciousness and to that, you know, to that other realm. And I know that's where we're going. And what we're leaving is this body. So, why why skip ahead (laughs) like like it doesn't like it doesn't make any sense like okay good job you got to the end you know but you missed the whole the whole point of this level like to fuck and to have challenge and to fight through your own delusion and to slay the dragons of your own fear and to put yourself in the into the into the shit so true yeah (laughs) it's almost like that's where because that's where it's fun too like that's where that that that's where you get to be a hero in a sense it's almost like wasting an incarnation to just meditate so much that you float away into the clouds and lose <laughs> yeah. your contact here you know? yeah yeah I, I like that point of view yeah because it's sort of like well the point of being embodied and having a body and an ego and going through all the melodramas that we do as a person is to find your connection to god whatever you call that and your spiritual self while still being in the animal body and learning how to manage the needs and the instincts inherent to being embodied it's yeah. like that's the game right totally that's 100 percent the game but it's yeah. good to have people on the extreme of the other side because most of us are way imbalanced on the purely animal side you know we're like automatons like going through our motion not aware of our subconscious not aware of our unconscious completely closed off to source you know and unable to connect so of course there's going to have to be those people that hold that space at the higher end of the spectrum to show us that that's possible that's then, true then there's going to have true. to be the people in between that are the chakarunas the bridges that yeah. can touch both <laughs> sides that can stand right. on the speakers of a nightclub and howl at the moon and go you know do all of that stuff and you know and fight and fuck and eat and do all the things in real life and the struggles of relationships and friendships and betrayals and love and loss and failure and success and all of that shit and then there's going to have to be those other people and and i think you know somewhere in between we get to choose which path we take but at least knowing what's possible then we start to have agency and then we can decide like all right i'll bring a little bit of this flavor take a little bit of this spice take a little bit of this spice and then hopefully make your own unique dish and just play this game how you want that's a really good point because had it not been for these sort of these ascended masters the the gurus that i started studying uh these guys in india with the orange robes and all of that and i heard firsthand about some of their miracles from people that had gone to see them and that was the thing like back in the beginning of my journey that 
led me to believe there was something beyond this realm. So when I heard about, you know, a guru manifesting fucking vibhuti ash out of their palm, <laughs> I heard it from someone who A, wasn't a liar, B, wasn't delusional. They're an able-minded person in my family. I was like, oh, whoa, there's this other dimension. So yeah, maybe maybe those, you know, those gurus that do have these sort of superhuman powers and have that, you know, uh, ability to bend reality and do all of those things that we see as miraculous, maybe they are just... You know, their life has served as a symbol for us to know, oh, there's more than this. But that doesn't mean that every one of us has to get to that level no. to serve our highest purpose. Certainly not. And, That's and, interesting. And, and there's some like of that. those, and there's some masters who are surely faking the funk. You know, some masters, oh, yeah. some masters who got that David Blaine shit where yeah. they got some ash between their fingers and they're just dazzling some people who are, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and I've seen some of that as yeah. well, you know, seen some people who are playing the game and then, you know, I've always said as my guide, like you can tell a spiritual master by the sound of their laughter. Like the ones that really wow. have it, the way that when they laugh, they laugh like God. You wow, know, and, that's cool. and that's like you just feel the joy and the love come out of them. <laughs> you know, that's funny because I was telling someone two days ago about how I said something to the effect they were talking about someone who's very serious. You know, like guy, God, he's he's cool, but he's so serious. And I said, ego is serious <laughs> ego is serious as fuck you know like when you see death. someone who's just like <laughs> you're like oh poor thing man and i've been there you know and i'm not yeah. judging but i've been there but yeah ego is very serious and when you see someone who is at least achieving some degree of freedom from their ego they do tend to kind of wear the world like a loose garment yeah you know yeah. i had a i had paul seligon who is probably one of my biggest teachers in spirituality have you heard of him no i haven't he's so he's a channel and I, I'm the most skeptical of people who are channel of all. <laughs> That's so funny because when you say that word, I'm already like, ding, like yeah, you know what all I mean. The lights bullshit meter, yeah, yeah. like the fucking gears should be falling off the yeah, bullshit yeah, yeah. meter. It should be like ready to explode. Same for me. But the impeccability of the message that comes through him is just undeniable. And that's what first drew him. I was like, look, either he just doesn't want to take credit for pretty much the wisest, most consistently positive message that I've ever heard or there's something else going on and it looks to me and you had like him on i had him on the podcast oh is it Definitely aired yet worth, yeah it has oh cool okay i'm gonna have listen to, to listen it. to it it's it's life-changing you know really life-changing to you know engage with his work and just understand his language and understand you know the truth of kind of what he speaks about about who we are and our you know connection to source and, and it's it's a really powerful message that he has but i asked him a question while he was while he was connected and i said and he has what he calls the guides that talk through him. And I said, what makes the guides laugh? And he's, you know, he gets a big smile and he gets his channel and he says, everything. But if we were laughing all the time, it would be hard to speak. You know, and, and wow. that, that was like, I started, you know, just tears came to my eyes because yeah. that's it. Like everything makes God laugh because it's just the joy of all of this is joy. We categorize this as darkness, as pain and sadness and struggle and blah, blah, blah. But this is all just happening simultaneously and it's just life the ecstasy of dichotomy the balance that's existing and the whole thing is just a laughter and a scream at the same time just i love that existing dude. and and that's yeah. and that's what you see like when you meet a master like don miguel ruiz or you meet you know the best ayahuasca shamans that i've worked with you know you'll just hear their laughter booming above all the rest and it's like all right you know you know that kind of the joy of the ecstasy of living and the ecstasy of love and 
you can tap into that and uh and the people who wear you know wear all the robes and act the role and are really serious like i keep a wide berth <laughs> yeah. keep a wide berth from yeah those people. it's it's a trap it's a trap yeah i've been the first time i i, I went to india to um to study under you know one of these gurus and i paid a lot of money and i'm not saying it was fake but i think my intentions were lower minded you know that i was going to go there and pay this money and be bestowed with enlightenment and um you know and i went there and it's like did what he, I, as long as he didn't try to bestow it with his penis no no <laughs> yeah i've heard about that <laughs> let yeah. me bestow you yeah, with my yeah. enlightenment take off your pants but i just in retrospect i mean i was looking for an easy fix i'm like i just pay the money go to india and then yeah, i won't yeah. have an ego anymore and i right. won't you know because I, I understood at that point the ego was suffering i mean this is going back like god 15 years ago or more probably and i came back and when i came back i thought wow maybe i had been you know been given the touch so to speak and so I started dressing a little more spiritual mm -hmm. and I started like doing, you know, the namaste prayer hands to people and kind of acting very monastic, yeah. you know, and all my friends when I came back were just like, wherever the fuck this new guy is, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like we're not having it because yeah. I was very serious. You know, I came back and I was, oh, bless you and namaste and all this shit. And literally all my friends were like, bro, you went off the deep end. You need to come back. <laughs> this is not. Those are good friends. Yeah, it is. And it is not, this is not what you went to look for. You yeah. got more ego. And what happened was I took on a spiritual ego. I thought I went, I've been to India. I've worn the yeah. orange robes. I've got the beads to fucking prove it, mm -hmm. you know, and blisters on my feet from, you know, walking around the desert in Southern India and all that. And I came back like thinking the ego co-opted the specialness sure. of like, I'm a spiritual guy now. And it was, but it was a beautiful lesson along the way to see like, oh man, the ego's so sneaky. It'll grab onto anything. Anything. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing playing out universal. Like all of this carving out of gender and race and belief and whatever it's just a way for the ego to attach something and create superiority for that game <laughs> totally. and then apply that dominance over everybody else because the ego yeah. only knows itself relatively yeah like it doesn't exist it is not the the part of us that is named i am here i am here i am here to use paul Selig's word like that's our true name i am here i am like that's our true name but the ego that's not what the ego is the ego knows itself relatively it knows itself through the eyes of other people it knows itself compared to how it judges so it's constantly looking for any way to create that relative position of height yeah you know and that's useful and, and why why did that develop i pondered that and i'm thinking back to like tribal construct like those with an ego that was constantly plotting and planning on how to get that kind of social dominance well, they had more mating privileges, probably, you know, <laughs> yeah, and totally. they had less less totally. times did they get kicked out of the tribe for being right. a dick, you know. So it has right. like a positive, it has a reason that it developed, but now it's just wildly out of control. And unless we build up that other side, the part of us, our presence, our true self, our I am here self, unless we build that up so that it's at, at least in something close to balance with the ego, we're fucked. Yeah, we're fucked. I mean, that's yeah. deep suffering. Yeah, you see this a lot with the social just, justice movements and things like yep. that, and that virtue signaling whole thing. We're in such a weird time right now. Mm -hmm. It's like everyone's trying to one-up the person on their level of righteousness. Yeah. I'm more righteous than you. I'm more holy than Guess you. Guess what? We're all the same. We're all good. You. <laughs> you know, like, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's interesting. I went to my first Tony Robbins uh, event recently and drank the Kool-Aid, just went all in, went up to San Jose and uh, went to his, like, the opening uh, thing, whatever it is. And he made perhaps a mistake, but it's very interesting. 
he opened up the topic of the Me Too movement. I was talking about it in a very conscious way, but he was bringing it up as an example of the human need for significance. And so his whole thing was that while there are issues that need to be addressed and the feminine has been abused a lot throughout history and that we need to bring things back into balance, totally acknowledging that. But he said, it's interesting to see how some people will grab a movement and use it just to feel significant, you know, sure. the, just so the ego has a voice and feels special. Oh man, rough, <laughs> rough, rough thing to bring up. You know, I could totally see his point. And even I was with a female and she was like, duh, I totally get that. Right. But a few women in the audience had a hard time with it and he kind of worked them through it. And he explained, listen, like I'm not, you know, against the movement per se, it's just an example. And then I came back and I don't know if you've seen any of this or if you follow it, but he's gotten a rash of shit in social media because of a lot of fake news that kind of took bits and pieces of what he said and recontextualized it in a way that made him look like a chauvinist dick. And I was there in the room. I know what he said. I know what he did. And he was being very diplomatic yeah. about it. He was just making an example. But it was interesting to see how he made an example for the human need for relevance like that, that ego need to feel right, to feel important, to feel big. And then all the people on social media actually reacted to what he did by doing the thing he was talking about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. It was so interesting. And I was like, oh, wow. They don't know that they're actually proving the point that he was trying to make, which is just, hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting significance, but it's good to be aware of those sides of yourself so that when you stand up for something, you're doing it for the right reasons and not just to feed your ego and your own self-righteousness. Right. Very interesting thing to observe. That is, uh, that is, and something that, if you don't have self-awareness you know like exactly this point he was talking about exactly the thing and that exact thing was happening (laughs) because it's just the it's kind of like a a universal lack of self-awareness of the actual ego like i think the world generally believes that it is the ego the ego has done the job of convincing the self that it's all that exists and i think a lot because basically religion has been cast out by capital R religion has been cast out by a majority of people and a very flimsy tinfoil strength spirituality has been brought back in you know to to some people where they kind of maybe have half-assed meditated or maybe that one time at a rave they had some kind of experience they can't explain but there's not like widespread practices to create that kind of sturdy experiential spirituality where you know that you can communicate with source and you know that you can listen to your soul and you know that who you are and so i think we're in this weird place where the ego is really that dominant force in convincing everybody that it's it's who we are and there's nothing else that has fully come on board to replace it and i think that's one of the big roles that the plants have played in my life and you know medicines like mdma and i'm i'm eagerly awaiting the legalization and this kind of second coming that i think will really start to make this movement that's already clearly happening where yeah. you know spirituality <laughs> is coming in real and then yeah. just start to start to have that ripple effect i mean i i still am astonished that psychedelics are illegal i mean it's, having having been someone as i said i mean i've never done ayahuasca but i used to sell shrooms i mean back in my former life as a drug addict i was a very successful mushroom dealer and I sold weed, but I never sold the drugs that I was really into, which was like the harder stuff. But I sold those because I felt like you couldn't hurt yourself with those and karmically I could be okay with that. Yeah. Where some of the stuff that I was into, you can die in yeah. a matter of seconds, you know? But I never ever, and I'm like 
a former hardcore drug act. I mean, you give me anything, I'll get addicted to it. I, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Mm. Fucking keto smoothie here. I mean, it's like, I'm just so obsessive. Just It's just part of my nature. I was always that way. But dude, there's no fucking way you could get me addicted to LSD or psilocybin. It's not going to happen. Never once in my oh. life have I ever tripped balls and been like, you know what? I should do more of this in an hour. <laughs> Do you have any more of that? You know, it's it's, it's <laughs> no. just not like that. And I'm sure DMT, you know, ayahuasca, MDMA, all of that stuff. I mean, I've done ecstasy a couple of times too. And it was like, you almost can't wait for it to stop. Yeah. You know, I mean, towards MDMA, the end of MDMA my MDMA can be slippery. And some of these things can, can start to get slippery. But something like, you know, ayahuasca, like show me the ayahuasca addict like, <laughs> i know like, i really show me the aboga addict you well know? it's like, funny because really i've asked it's a fucking harrowing experience every time and every time you drink it gets fucking harder like i watch someone on a video drink ayahuasca and my whole body goes you know like a visceral reaction like oh my god yeah you know and it's 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 interesting that you know people still categorize these as you know dangerous highly addictive drugs you, you know, know certainly you know, should be treated with care and respect and whatever but yeah. addictive get the fuck out yeah well the you know the powers that be the man they don't want people awake i mean it's very simple to see why something that's i think they're just afraid of waking up themselves you know it's like they're right. afraid of having that opportunity and having that so available that they may have to do it you know i think a lot of times we think of people being evil and suppressing other people i think they're just running from their own shadows and they're yeah, running point. from running from their own shit so hard that they're trying to keep everything else away from them, you know, as possible. Like like the people who try to ban pornography, you know, they're just looking to fucking chain someone up to the ceiling of a dungeon and <laughs> right, right, you know right. sodomize yeah, yeah, yeah. them every second of the day. And that's why they're trying to make pornography totally. push make pornography illegal you know and that like the priests that are like trying to cure people of being gay yeah, you know exactly. that like, they want to suck their lives, every dick yeah, they've ever their, seen their life's in their work life. is to like cure gayness you're like there's something behind that shit yeah. like i don't know what but really you care that much about like same-sex people liking each other who gives a fuck yeah i yeah. think i think a lot of these are just self-motivations so what people. do you think about the you know and i always am like oh tiptoe i don't even want to say the t word the president Mm -hmm. people get so fucking triggered especially in california maybe in austin people are a little more chill but you can't even like bring that word up in a discussion in an arbitrary way but i have a feeling under this administration that drug laws except for that sessions fucking guy he got off on this weird marijuana thing for a minute just bizarre yeah. but i have a feeling drug laws are going to loosen up even more yeah you what, know what I, do you see happening it's i don't follow it because i think it's just a whole bunch of nonsense yeah. i have more faith that when the people demand it, then the government will acquiesce. The government, they're they're vote whores. Everybody in the government is a vote whore. Right. And and like we gotta recognize that they're not leaders, they're followers. They're following the fucking breeze that's gonna get them the most fucking votes. And they're using all the cheap parlor magician manipulation, ego tactics, identification moves, you know, these pandering to every different aspect. But they're vote whores. And we haven't seen real leaders, at least in my opinion, you know, and no offense to those people who love certain politicians. You know, maybe they're great. I don't follow it, so I can't speak. Yeah. That. You're smart. But I, I never, <laughs> dude, I never did my whole life until the last election. And that shit, I got into you it. You got into it? Yeah, in a bad way. But in California, you can't talk about it. 
I mean, it's weird in Hollywood. I mean, even if you just question something like, hey, everyone believes this, could we maybe look at the other side? You're because just this, the, uh, it's just the possibility it's that there may be something positive that happens. I mean, from look the what's happening to Kanye West right now. I, I don't mean, even know oh. what's happening to Kanye West well, he right just now. tweeted like hey I don't hate he misspelled Nicki Minaj's name I heard that <laughs> from somebody no he tweeted something like hey just heads up I don't hate every single thing that Trump does or hate him I love him he's my brother but I don't agree with everything he does something to that effect and just like Whoa! the world just descended on him and it was a really great sort of social experiment to watch because you see how the freedom of speech has been robbed from us right by, by however and by whomever but it's like, wow, we're in a place where a guy can't be like, oh, hey, there's something interesting over here that I'd like to talk about. People are so polarized. It was really fascinating to see. People love absolutes, and absolutes are nonsense. Like, even in any good movie, you know, in any good movie, they play with, you know, they play with the roles of is this a good guy or is this a bad guy or is this, they, they play the nuances of the human. They show you the humanity of both sides, and that's what makes a good movie. And we recognize that. But then in real life, we want to just paint everybody as guilty, not guilty, evil, not evil. Everybody's a mixed bag. You know, everybody's got shit fucked up about them. Everybody's shit has, has some noble characteristics. <laughs> like there's no such thing as an absolute. So, so to categorically say that someone is absolutely one way, well, all right, good luck with that. You know, like Gandhi, you know, spent nights sleeping with young girls in his bed. Does that mean that really? Yeah, he did, and who, I don't know what happened there, but that's documented. Interesting. Like, does that mean that Gandhi was a piece of shit? No. Does it mean that Gandhi was, you know, is the greatest human alive? Well, no, probably not. This was a little weird, you know. Like, and everybody, everybody has their fucking quirk and their weird thing, and it's they're mixed, and some are worse than others, and you know, who knows what Gandhi actually did? But like, you can't discredit his entire body of work for that. But you also have to recognize, fuck, maybe he was doing something inappropriate maybe it wasn't like it doesn't matter like ultimately nobody is that perfect perfect human like i watched the one of the shamans that i look up to the most or i wasn't actually there but i heard from other people he got mad at the dry cleaners <laughs> like angry at the dry cleaners you know for some something else like that still happens even to the he's done ten thousand you know medicine journeys and got mad at the dry cleaners because they lost something and overcharged him and whatever you know i like, just find it funny the shamans at the dry cleaners I'm <laughs> yeah. like what is he dry cleaning his grass skirt <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? put that shit in the river like everyone else <laughs> but like you does that discredit it like everybody looks for that one speck and oh, oh that guy's full of shit you yeah. know like carlos castaneda was one of my first early great teachers and he was a fucking lunatic like when i actually read it like people would tell me that I'd be like no man no way and then i actually look at his life and he was a fucking total lunatic yeah but doesn't mean that i don't still use his quotes <laughs> you know because he was a lunatic this is why i love instagram stories because on, on my podcast and just in the work i do i mean i talk a lot about spirituality and mindfulness and like having your shit together and, you know and even the biohacking like controlling your nervous system and all that but i'll show myself on instagram stories <clears throat> and and lives like recording the bumpers from my podcast and stuff and i freak the fuck out i get so pissed off i'm like motherfucker ah i like have these little temper tantrums and shit and i'm like at first i, I thought oh, i don't want anyone to see that because i'm supposed to be like this guy that has his shit together and i saw that thank god yeah, i had yeah. you know i had the witness observation of that and i was like no that's what i do want people to see because no one including myself especially has this shit figured out we all still if you're still in an animal body yeah. you don't have this shit figured out period yep. And the other side, it's interesting you brought that up because 
I remember just as a kid, my favorite movies were always mafia movies. Goodfella, Goodfellas, um, Casino, the Godfather movies. I just love, and then the Sopranos. I love those movies. And one of the reasons I love them is because you see the humanity of these guys who are really caught by the shadow. Yep. But then they come home and they still love their kids. Yep. You know, they Tony just. Tony Soprano. They, yeah. They is just, he evil or is he good? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, they just knock someone off, banged, you know, their, what do they call that? Their gumai or whatever, you know, their, <laughs> yeah, yeah. their side piece, and then come home and like kiss their wife and love their family. And they're a great dad maybe you know yeah. i mean these are of course fictional characters but point being is that yeah the duality doesn't really apply it's not real because we all have the capacity to love and man we all have the capacity to kill too it's just mm -hmm. a matter of like how aware and control you are of that capacity to kill and i think when we look at ourselves we try to we try to think of ourselves in terms of those absolutes as well and i think that's why people are afraid to acknowledge their own shadow like we're gonna have fucked up impulses we're gonna have thoughts that are not righteous and thoughts that are selfish and thoughts that are greedy and moments where <laughs> I'm like, thinking of all the ones that I had already yeah, today. <laughs> totally. And it's like you have to acknowledge that fact. And it's it's enough. It's enough to choose, you know, to it's enough to choose to be, you know, better. And it's enough to choose love. You don't you're not supposed to be impeccable with everything you think about and every motivation you have. It's enough, it's enough just to choose, you know, more often than not the path that's for the good of all rather than the good of yourself like that's enough you know you don't have to be you know completely clear of all of these ideas like you know fuck i'm in an open relationship you know have i not fantasized about beating the fuck out of every one oh of Whitney's? God, well not everyone because half of them could beat the fuck out of me so, so it'd be something else I'm, but have i not fantasized about beating the fuck out of of course i have but it doesn't mean that i'm gonna do it doesn't mean when i meet him and talk to him i'm not gonna be like Hey brother, I appreciate you, man. Let's get to know each other, and thank you for making Whitney happy because I love Whitney. You know? Oh my God, bro, you're a better man than I. <laughs> I was actually bummed after you were on my show that I didn't delve into that with you, and then I got a few DMs from people like, "Hey, did, I know you recorded with Aubrey. Did you ask him about the open relationship?" Like a bunch of people wanted to know. I was like, "Shit, how did that slip by?" Because I've attempted that on a few occasions, and some mm -hmm. long term, and whew, man, that got really slippery for me. Oh, it gets so. Sl I had somebody oh, come in man. and meet me today and uh, and he was talking about his attempt to open up and he was like he's like yeah first time you know i was doing it and i was getting kind of frustrated it was just mimicking my story because i was getting kind of frustrated because my girl was having a hard time with it and then she did it and i was fucked up for half a day <laughs> yeah, and then she dude. did it again and it was three days bro and i was like three i know that three day hell <laughs> like oh, i know man. that where it's just like you got a knife in the pit of your stomach and you can't take it out for days i'm know, still traumatized and i was usually the one exercising my <laughs> rights more you know what i'm saying sure. and even those few times or just having like three-way relationships and just funky shit like anyone that read like sex at dawn i think was like oh i can do that i'm like a bonobo <laughs> i'm like no i'm fucking not like i'm more conscious than a bonobo and i want to fucking kill someone dude i'm so traumatized from my attempts at like polyamory and all that stuff that like i want nothing more at this point in my life to be in a safe chill monogamous <laughs> relationship i don't care if i only fuck one girl the rest of my life i just never uh, want to feel that feeling of like waiting for the text oh and be like oh she with oh she's with yeah she's with dude i just saw it on instagram like no i'm done i hear you man i'm done and and also you know i'm just that and we were you know maybe going to allude to this but also just at a place which is so weird and this is not something that i did to myself it's just part of my evolution 
I really have this craving for like this deep, very sacred intimacy mm-hmm. with just one person and to see how actually far I can go into that. Cause I've never done that. Mm-hmm. I've always like had a huge walls up. No one's ever gotten into my heart except once. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like having, you know, being sort of traumatized from trying all the open stuff and it just got sloppy and weird. And then also like going, wow, I wonder what the opposite extreme of that is. Cause I've always just been free and so afraid of commitment. And now I'm like, oh, this is, this is like the new rebellion to me. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, the new yeah, radical yeah. is like, whoa, actually having the desire to just, you know, have exclusivity and really take that there. Well, let someone. me throw a little bit of a wrench into the works. Because ah, I, I crave that same thing. I okay. crave the deepest intimacy possible. But mm-hmm open relationship was what cracked my own patterns of validation my own validation seeking through the act of intercourse and through the act of relationship like it hit that so hard that it act finally cracked it and this is maybe even in the i think this is like after we recorded that a lot of the heaviest shit that i've had to go through in the entire four-year journey has kind of come through and it cracked this validation seeking pattern so badly that it shattered it wow and then in the absence of it i've loved and 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 there's been a lot of pain and a lot of like fear and armoring and protecting it hasn't all been fucking good but there's been moments where i've loved far more deeply and made love far more connected and than ever in my life because it illuminated these patterns where really some piece of me had a mirror between my girl's legs looking back at myself and trying to show and prove that I was a man and I was masculine and I was a dominant lover and I was all this shit (laughs) instead of actually just being truly intimate with my lovers you know and that and it cracked that and then it was open and I've experienced it and I've tried to build it back it's been this whole crazy thing but for me I needed that. I needed that blow that hurt so bad that it that it broke some of these things that I was even with all the ayahuasca and even with all these things that I was unaware of. So, not to say that you can't get it another way, but for me, I needed it. I needed to I needed to have to let go of some of this stuff that made me feel worthy. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, I understand the 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 experience of that intimately. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think most of my life i sought so much validation through getting the girl mm-hmm. you know in that whole process and getting the hotter one and the getting higher. the girl getting them off getting them off better than everybody yeah. else getting you know yeah. all of these and things getting them learn. sprung too yeah yeah you know and then being like wait i didn't want this <laughs> well part of me did part of me wanted that sprungness on their part but it wasn't necessarily the person that i wanted that with but it was that whole ego game of getting fed in that way you know yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting, man. Good for you. It's been it's been interesting. It's been <laughs> hell, though. I mean, I I can't call myself an advocate <laughs> just because yeah, it's like yeah. The only reason to do it is to do it as a self development tool, is to help build your own self love and illuminate your shadows. Like if you're yeah. gonna get into open because you think it's gonna be fun to fuck other people, yeah, yeah, good luck. Well, that's why I did it. Yeah, I was, and I just had all these issues about commitment and being trapped and right enmeshment and all this stuff just because of childhood yeah. shit. So I mean, so it seems like a good solution for that. It's not. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it was just. And also people, other people got hurt too. That's the thing, you know, it was, hmm, I thought, I always thought it was clean because I pride myself on just being very upfront and honest. So I didn't have to be sneaky with either party or any, you know, there's never any weirdness, but still people got hurt. And I just, oh man, I don't like that, that feeling of causing harm, you Mm -hmm. know, because I've done a lot of it in my life. 
earlier on. So forgiveness then, and and I do want to circle back because you're actually celibate now too. So I want to, I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but you just you going just men- strong. You just mentioned that you know you're hurting people. You know, do you have a practice around forgiveness, forgiveness of yourself, and forgiveness of of other people that you've employed to get past that? Because I think a lot of us have experienced that. Like, man, I fucked up. I hurt some people. I was blind. I was. I didn't see this and I did some shit wrong. Like, how do you go about forgiveness? Well, it's been a lot easier for me, I think, in my journey to forgive other people and starting from, you know, men that sexually abused me when I was a little innocent kid. I mean, like five years old, six years old. I mean, how do you forgive someone who's that fucking evil? You know? So that was where I started. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, they messed up my dry cleaning. Oh, they didn't mean it. It's like, no, let's go right to the core of it. And that was necessary for my own sanity you know because i I just couldn't undo that trauma and the early childhood trauma and even somewhat from my parents and my family of origin that stuff was so painful and there was so much shame around that that i had to do so much drugs all the drugs yeah. you know and i almost killed myself man from being you know a preteen to a teenager into my early adult years and so when it got necessary for me to sober up, like the very first thing that I had to start working on was the forgiveness of others because the forgiveness of my own self was way too far off. I mean, that was like, that was like the next level that was not even possible for many, many years. But I think for me, it was like, in most cases, with the exception of the abuse that I was like 100% a victim of, in most cases um, in my relationships throughout my life in, in which I'd been hurt, there was some selfish motive or some something that I was gaining in putting myself in that situation. So taking responsibility for my engagement in those things, it's sort of like the story of the, what is it, of the, uh, the frog and the scorpion. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like the frog, I want to hop on the scorpion's back and get across the river. And the scorpion's like, hey, just heads up, I might sting you on the way over and you could drown. I go, no, no, I really want to get to the other side. Yeah, they warned me, and I did it anyway. So I put myself in those situations. So that was the first piece: is is taking responsibility and going, ah, okay, I can and see this my is still part in the, in the forgiving others. So you're accepting yeah. the culpability. Yeah, yeah, taking responsibility, own, yeah. stepping out of victimhood. Victimhood right. is so weak, and you know, going back to what we're seeing now with all of these movements and stuff, it's it's sad because so many of them are so impotent because they're coming from a place of victimhood instead of responsibility. Yeah. So that was the first step, and those were more in the superficial ones, but the really deep one, the deep wound, you know, the early abuse and and all of that, was I started to get to a place of seeing the karmic cycle and going back through the incarnations. And this is really weird, and it could be triggering to someone who suffered abuse, but it's going to sound like I'm saying, oh, I deserved it, and I had it coming, but I truly believe that there were things that needed to be played out in my own karma and experiences that I need to have for whatever reason, whether I had been the perpetrator of similar types of abuses or not, who knows? I, I haven't seen my past lives, but as I've gotten a little bit of distance there, I can see that it's what I chose. And had those things not happened to me and those people played the role in the drama that they were meant to play, I wouldn't be the fucking man that I am today, yeah. which is a man that I'm starting to feel really good about. Right. So I don't know, could I have not been molested and had a good life and ended up being a good guy with good self-esteem and doing good things in the world? Maybe, I don't know. But that was my journey and that person had to play out their role and it's not up to me to get them back. They're, they have their own fucking karma to deal with, you know? And so I think really seeing those people as also innocent, I was innocent when those things happened to me. Well, you know what? The perpetrator was innocent too. 
because they were doing what they felt was the best thing at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, no one sets out thinking, all right, what's the most fucked up thing I can do today? Yeah. We all just have needs, we have wants, we have desires, and people get overtaken, I really believe, by evil energies, mm. entities, things like that. I mean, I really do believe there's a dark force in the universe. I don't, you know, believe in the devil or Satan or something well, like that. Well, it's kind se. of what creates free will. But let, so let me unpack yeah, that. So, let me unpack yeah. this a little bit. So I think a key thing that you're you're mentioning here is that the gratitude precipitates the forgiveness. And the gratitude in, in a certain way comes from being grateful that even though this was ostensibly a horrific, traumatizing, you know, bad event, it's catalyzed a process that made you who you are, which then in a certain way redeems the event and allows you to be grateful for whatever curse you might have been given because the internal fortitude the seeking of truth the everything that you've been become may not have been there if it wasn't for this it's developed superpowers based upon the compression and trauma of that initial initial thing and then the explosion back the other way you know certainly has created the momentum that's allowed you to be there which i think is a, a truly important step in any forgiveness you know because then it takes the power back you take the power back to yourself say oh you know thank you for that yeah it fucking sucked yeah i've had to work my ass off to overcome that but in the working my ass off to overcome that look at me now (laughs) yeah here i am that's a really great way to contextualize it and sort of summarize that and i'll add to it that i i don't believe i'll ever have to as a soul go through that particular cycle of events ever again it's just like dude I used to steal a lot when I was a kid. I used to break into houses. I mean, I stole from everyone all the time. When you were an time. addict? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I got sent to this weird sort of cult boarding school, and they cured me of that part. But then I still came out and was a drug addict and a drug dealer and stuff. But I never stole and I never fucked anyone over. I was like actually an honest drug addict, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe like you send me to score, I pinched the bag a little bit. I'm not going to lie. You know what I'm saying? But I wouldn't steal your money, just bolt, you know? So yeah. I, I, it was vastly improved my moral character. <clears throat> but um, when I got sober, what happened was people constantly stole shit from me. My car got broken into all the time. My shit just got jacked constantly. And it went on for a period of time and I'd get very pissed and resentful. And then I'd remember, well... Remember what you used to do. You kind of owe the universe this karmic debt. And at a certain point, and I'll knock on wood because I always say this and then like, watch, I go outside and my shit's missing or something. But dude, I don't even lock my stuff up. I leave my, you know, I'm at Paleo Effects. I leave my bag laying around with thousands of dollars worth of recording equipment. I just, people don't steal from me. I'm not in the energy field of having to pay that back. And so I don't think people are going to sexually abuse me. I don't sexually abuse other people. Like we're done with that loop you close the karmic yeah and so it was you know i don't know i i'm very grateful for the experiences that that i've had and and like you said so beautifully it's like i had to rebound from that dark place so hard that now a lot of the time i really live in the light i mean dude i have such a feeling of unconditional love for people that i meet like right now i mean i you feel that feeling i feel it i mean it's like ah, that's where i live a lot of the time yeah i get annoyed when my phone doesn't work and you know what I'm saying? Like we're, we were saying, there's sure. no like enlightenment where nothing bothers me, but those little things are very temporary and they're very petty. I have a deep sense of empathy and connection to people because, man, I know what it's like to suffer. Yeah, I really, really know that. And I can touch it so easily. Yeah. I mean, I can go back to that place of abject imprisonment, whether it be addiction or just trauma from sexual abuse or whatever it is, or just my dad just 
raging at me and telling me I'm a weakling and whatever, just horrible shit that I experienced. We we're cool now. You know, yeah. by the way, I, I love my dad. He's he's evolved. He's he's amazing, and we're we're really close because he's done his work too. But I want to just jump back to the other side of forgiveness. Is like, cool. It's one thing. Someone beats you up, steals your shit, abuses you, and you get to the point where you see them as also an innocent victim. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can take that to Mussolini, Hitler, Mao, anyone, mm-hmm. man. They're all doing the best they can with what they've got. And we don't know what kind of abuse that they suffered and what kind of abuse and trauma that they've endured that led them to become that quote unquote evil person. So there's that. But the self-forgiveness when I make a mistake or as we were talking about earlier, when someone's been hurt as a result of my actions, dude, that one's been really hard for me because in many cases it's like, yeah, Luke, but you know better. <laughs> yeah you, you can see say, what i'm saying yeah, it's you can like say that somebody else is doing the best they can yeah but you're like isn't that I wasn't funny doing the best i fucking could yeah because then you know like the self-club of like dude how long you've been meditating how many spiritual books have you read how many yeah. spiritual journeys have you been on this and that and it's like you still do x y and z so it's actually been the last few years really that i've started to not take myself so seriously i think mm-hmm. that the self-guilt is a really just another ego trip of that seriousness that we were talking about where it's like oh i made a mistake i'm a bad person dude that's narcissism that's obsessing about myself and what a bad person i am mm-hmm. that is such an ego trip i made a mistake i'm supposed to be holy no i'm fucking not <laughs> hello i'm still in an animal meat suit walking around i'm gonna fuck up constantly nonstop. it's just you know the idea the name of the game is is steady improvement do a little less damage and do more good and at least buffered some of the mistakes I make with making a contribution in a positive way to people's lives. So I'm getting better at that, forgiving myself um, in, in the moments when I realize that there's been a transgression or, you know, I won't even call it a mistake, but just like, oops, I stepped on someone's toes. It's like, shit, God, I'm so sorry. And if I make amends to someone, dude, I'm not doing it to get them off my back. I'm really doing it because I really want their forgiveness yeah. You know, I really do feel badly if I, well, if I misstep. It's an, an acknowledgement of the sense of reciprocity that's out of balance. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, you know, I'm about to cancel an engagement with somebody who I've rescheduled a few times and they've gone out of their way. And it's like, fuck, I have to do this, you know, but like, and I want to try and find a way to balance the reciprocity out, even though it's a it's a stranger I haven't met. Like I'm okay, trying to figure out. Okay, first I like, thought you meant like the real engagement. <laughs> no, 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 okay, not with okay. my life. But like it's just something that's been on my mind. Yeah, like, yeah, it's just because yeah. the sense of this sense of innate reciprocity, especially the more you tap into yourself, like you want to keep those scales in balance. That that karma, you know, karma is maybe not a universal law maybe it is it seems like that when people are stealing from you and not stealing from you but it certainly is an internal law like you will only give yourself what you feel like you deserve so you have to apply that forgiveness liberally and you have to be introspective in that so i know karmically for my own self like man i gotta do something to fucking make it right with this guy because i know he's fucking really gone out of his way and even though he's a stranger like i want to make sure that i'm i can at least try and do my best to balance the scales and sometimes people won't let you you know and that's really frustrating too when you know you fucked up and they're like "Uh uh-uh i'm not accepting shit from you and you just have to say fuck you know all right i'll just you know i'm I'm doing the best i can i'll be here for you when i can but you know it's interesting too you know at this in this as i said in this last two months it's been probably the most challenging part of my open relationship with whitney 
and i have and you guys really, are married right uh we're engaged oh you're engaged okay okay i had a whole bunch of grievances that i had for her and i were just rattling around in my head right? <laughs> and i and As I, we do and i fucking you know finally there's this turning and i couldn't get rid of them and i was like couldn't it's been days and i just can't get rid of them I'm like come on man and so finally i wrote them all down on one side of the paper and then on the other side of a piece of paper i asked myself have you done the same thing and every answer except for one maybe was yes i was like oh okay stupid so you're holding grievances for things that at some point or another you've done exactly the same thing like how about you let that go you know how about you connect and see where you're at now that's a great exercise and and i think that's the truth with most everything you know anytime all right someone gets mad at you that you don't deserve have you gotten mad at someone and they didn't deserve it you know so you someone said something out of line someone didn't notice you or didn't recognize you or didn't see you or didn't blah 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 we've all done that same shit too you know so that was a really powerful way and i had that little sheet in my pocket and it totally shifted me totally shifted me that's cool yeah (laughs) it's like that thing where you know when i point my finger at you there's three fingers pointing back at me yeah (laughs) that i was like that one because you know it's funny too the things that really piss me off are usually like my worst habits my character defects yeah those are the most triggering things that other people do yeah you know except being late like i'm late a lot and i love it when people are late that's the only one that bad <laughs> habit i have when other people are late they're like i'm so sorry i'm like oh thank god you were late i hate when people are on time <laughs> seriously uh yeah, yeah. that's funny and, and like you said that's it creates a certain empathy you know like knowing that feeling what i was feeling at that point and then going down that list of yeses of all the things that i've done and then like thinking back to me like being frustrated like why is she so upset you know why didn't she why can't she get over this and then going and feeling what i was feeling i was like fuck that was hard you know like i really appreciate all of this shit you had to go through and then that empathy creates connection creates bonds creates that intimacy creates that openness to love that you know i think we're all really looking for and and the more the more that you can see that you know the more that you can apply that universally and the more connected you'll feel to your tribe and then to the world as a whole do you meditate in a in a formal sense i forget if i asked you that yeah i do and i do it in a variety of different ways you know the one that's been really the strongest for me in the last again the last two months where i've been really dealing with a lot of relationship stuff is ecstatic dance oh yeah i think you mentioned that to me yeah and that one has been uh that one has been so potent for me wow so i like so emotionally cathartic and so like I get out of my head and then I allow the emotions that I keep kind of bottled up to come to come forward because a lot of a lot of what happens is the insecurities start to make you feel smaller and smaller and smaller and the self judge says you know which says if you were good enough she wouldn't be doing this or whatever that voice says it just makes you more of a mouse and a pig and a smaller animal and a lesser lesser creature and then you know I'll put on you know put on a track like tribe called red or i've been like jamming out to some of the king arthur soundtrack and i'll put that on and i'll be moving and i'll be expressing and i'll be like oh boom here i am back to a man again like whoo and just tears coming down because i was living internally as a mouse you know because of my own self beratement based on the lack of external validation that i had so that by dancing and expressing those emotions i can like return to form in a really interesting way and like get back so 
I kind of ride the tools that are that are uh, that I yeah. need at this point. And for me, right now, like dance is that. That's so is interesting. That yeah, I've I've probably danced like twice in my whole life, dude. It's it's one of those things that's like because I, you know, like I said, I did the Tony Robbins event, and there's a lot of freaking out and dancing around and hugging and shaking hands and shit. And that's one thing that makes me really uncomfortable. But I was looking at that. I'm like do I not like to dance because I, I'm scared of what people think and I feel stupid? I was like, nah, because I do things every day that look ridiculous and people think I'm you know, an idiot and I just laugh. I mean, I think it's hilarious that people hate me. I, don't, I just don't give a shit. With the dancing, the thing that I figured out is that if I'm not, if I don't feel like moving like that, like if the music isn't inspiring me and I just do it because now's the time when this group of people is it's dancing, gross. I feel fake it's gross i finally I put that. my finger on it so when everyone's like oh like they do i do kundalini yoga and there's yeah. a lot of goofy shit in there which i'm totally on board with i mean a lot of yeah all that shit i love it the white <laughs> the turban i'm in but then there's a lot of you know what they would call a kriya it's like it involves dancing and kind of ecstatic dancing like not really dancing just moving your body freaking out yeah. and they're like all my friends that do the kundalini with me, they know as soon as the teacher's like, okay, you guys, we're going to move into this day. Like they don't even get the word dance and I'm in the lobby. Yeah. I mean, they just, I'm grabbing my shit. I'm, I'm outside. I'll be in the bookstore flipping through books. I'm like, no, because it feels fake. I don't feel like being all happy. That's not the mood I'm in. You know, it's, it's like fake laughing. Yeah. It's like the, it's like a, a, it's like a physical laugh track. The couple of times that I have danced, and this is why I know there is a connection to it somewhere is once at a james brown concert high as fuck on mushrooms mm -hmm. i mean if james brown music doesn't make you dance you don't dance high on mushrooms at james brown concert, <laughs> you know what i'm saying check, i mean it was him shit. it was check him live yeah you don't have a pulse if james <laughs> brown doesn't make you dance and then the other time was like in tucson arizona drunk off my ass and there was just me and maybe 10 people in this bar and there was a great blues band band playing and i think the alcohol set my inhibitions free and i didn't care what people thought and i was able to connect to my body but that's two times in 47 years where i like go whoa i like this this music yeah. is making my body do stuff so i'd love to be able to explore that in a way Dude, that, i think it'd be a great that doesn't for feel you. corny and fake let's let's do it there, i'm working on a cause, new because there is i know i'm stuck in that area yeah. there is still some weird ego insecurity shit in there in addition to just feeling fake like i I'm, i don't know how to do it and anything that i don't know how to do or i'm not good at i'm less inclined to do i yeah. like doing shit that i'm badass at yeah because i'm in flow well that's the beauty of it you push against those internal points of resistance right. you know and then on the other side everything good is on the other side of fear you know like all of that all of that really good stuff comes from that and breaking those limitations is really helpful but the way that i do ecstatic dance is you know you get to happy dancing maybe at the end you know but i don't even like the ecstatic you know the ecstatic i do it are there the people around dancing when like, you're that doing starts it? all happy and it stays all happy the whole time that's it's not my shit and the okay. newest ecstatic dance that i'm working on i mean we're, we're working through some deep heavy archetypes like there's going to be it's not going to be dancing like you think it's going to be moving and visualizing and allowing emotion to kind of carry through the body and uh but i'm fucking stoked about it it's like five different settings of different aspects of the hero's journey like three song sets and um because i have one ecstatic dance now that takes you through the full birth like the birth process is, is described <laughs> wow, by stan Groff dude, from, from the womb to the chaos of the water breaking to the fighting through the birth canal to the ex the ecstasy of you breathing. skip the circumcision i hope <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes okay good. Sk skip that one 
Um, but this one is more like the hero's journey played out in a couple different in a couple different ways. But let's wow. fucking let's do it. Damn, bro. I'd All right, to, I'm I'd up to, to the challenge. That. Yeah, I'm up man. to the challenge. Speaking of challenge, all right, yeah. we got to get to this. Yeah. So you're celibate right now for nine months. Dude, I think it's 10, 10 months now. I tried it for, I was doing a plant medicine dieta. I was trying to do it for 21 days. You're not even supposed to think about sex. Day 18, I came in my sleep. Does that happen to you? <laughs> Dude, the only, you know, when I had wet dreams, it's weird. I didn't have them as a teenager because I was like constantly jerking the chain um, and there was no buildup possible because I discovered porn like in 1978 on Betamax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like literally, I know the year because I know the two porns that came out. It was Behind the Green Door, Debbie Does Dallas, and there was one other one, Deep Throat. Yeah. Like the 70s, like film porns. So that wasn't a problem as a teenager, but you know, it's funny when I was addicted to heroin, I mean, you just, you lose your sex drive. It's just what opiates do. It's like, not only can you not get it up, but you don't even want to get it up. You just want to get high, or at least mm -hmm. me. Like, I'm like, girls, ew, get out of here. Where's my shit, you know? So it had been like a couple years maybe since I, you know, was interested in sex. I'm sure I had it here and there, but really you can't get it up. You're not interested. It kills your libido. And then when I went into treatment, <laughs> i had like wet wet dreams like two or three times <laughs> and i was like this is weird i'd wake up i was like what the hell did somebody spill something on me like what the fuck i thought they were like my roommates were playing a so you didn't remember joke. the dream no dude and then i remember even going like hmm okay i figured out what that was it wasn't you know someone throwing cereal milk on me or something <laughs> um as a joke and then I was like, oh, wow, I haven't uh, like, you know, snapped the carrot in a while. I'm going to try to do that. And it was so weird. I don't, I always wanted to ask like a, a scientist or doctor, like what opiates do to your sexuality? It's so weird because yeah. I was like, well, let me see if I can masturbate. And so I started fantasizing about my counselor. She was like the super hot ex stripper that worked at the treatment center. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And so I'd be up in my little bunk and I'm like doing my thing. And it was so weird, dude, because I was totally flaccid, like not even like a half a chubby. I mean, I'm talking like just rubber band, boing, boing, boing. <laughs> and, but I wanted to see if it worked, but I could still ejaculate. It was uh, the weird, have you, can you imagine that? Like wow. not being erect and being able to come, it was fucking weird. Um, I wonder if it's something with the, like the NO pathway that just gets It's It's deregulated. a phenomenon. Yeah. So, um, so anyway. You know, other than that period of being on opiates where I'm sure I was celibate inadvertently for a couple months here and there, I've, I've, I've never tried it. And I want to just say, I don't know if what I'm doing now for the past nine, 10 months qualifies as official celibacy because I still am relieving myself periodically as needed or just when okay. I can't sleep or when I'm bored yep. or something. Not obsessively or addictively, I don't think, but just here and there. Yeah. Um, but even that's not really necessary. I don't know. I'm 47. I don't have like a hugely high sex drive. It's more like out of habit. Like mm -hmm. oh, I, I'm, I woke up in the middle of the night and can't sleep. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I know what'll make me sleep. You know? <laughs> but here's the weird thing is that I started out because I'd gotten out of a relationship that was really painful for a number of reasons. It was just, I don't know exactly what happened. It was a combination of different factors that made many aspects of the relationship and the end of it extremely emotionally painful. And I saw, as I examined that pain and walked through that pain, that there's some patterns in my life and how I form relationships and the basis of those relationships and how they start and how they subsist. And um, part of that pattern has to do with like meeting a woman based on physical attraction, having sex as soon as humanly possible, right away first date hopefully 
uh, and continuing on that. And then if there's chemistry and attraction there, then using that as the foundation to try to form a meaningful, truly intimate, bonded relationship. Now, my dad, who's wiser than I, and he's been married three times, but the last one's been 20-something years. They're a very happy, very healthy model of a relationship. So I know what it looks like to have two people that are really committed to the same way of life, have the same goals, same values, love each yeah. other, you know, all that. I, I see it on paper. He's always said, Luke, if you meet one that you really like, don't have sex right away. Wait, date for a while, get to know them, become friends with them, build a bond, build a foundation, then get sexual. And I was like, what does he know? Then I'm going to end up with someone that I have bad sex with, but I'll love them. What a trap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I never would listen to him or any of my elders, and I always did it my own way. And then, you know, at the end of the last thing, which was, you know, 10 months ago or so, I just thought, you know what? I feel like I have a bug, like a computer virus. I have this way of doing things that I just don't like. So how do I stop doing that? And part of it was really doing some self-examination. But another part of the pattern is when I get out of a relationship and it hurts, I barely grieve it and I just find a new girl. Yeah. Whether it's one to have sex with, just to have some fun and like get over it and like get my testosterone up or whatever, or I jump into another relationship right away without even fully going through the process of, of grieving and releasing the last one. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, it's like rebooting your computer, man. When you get the little rainbow wheel of death on your Mac, mm -hmm. like nothing's going to stop that shit except reaching around the iMac, you know, and hitting the power button. You got yeah. one right there, right? And I just thought, you know, I, I need to totally step back from the way that I look at sex, relationships, intimacy, women, that whole thing, marriage, kids, commitment, monogamy, non-monogamy. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but whatever it is, I don't like it. And other people are probably not liking it either because I yep. get in relationships and then I go, well, I got to get out. This isn't yep. working for me. Well, why did I get in a relationship that didn't work for me? It's it's because something happens to me when I meet someone and it's really fiery and hot and there's great sex and we have sex really fast. I'm totally unable to see that there's major areas of incompatibility. Like I get very blind to just underlying factors of lifestyle, morals, values, um, the things that we live our life by, the principles they live by, their end goals, things like that. You know, like deal breakers, red flags. I just like it's all good it feels good let's go let's go let's go and i just mm -hmm. go 100 miles an hour and then i hit a wall and go like oops sorry i gotta go i fucked up mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not supposed to be in this you mm -hmm. know so i thought what's the one thing i've never done differently i've never actually just taken a break and and restarted my computer man and so i thought this is like you know this is last summer so my goal was like i'm gonna go to the first of the year which would have been six months you know the beginning of 2018 but i can do it and you know what? Because I was so hurt and traumatized from that relationship and the end of it, it's actually really easy. You know, after a couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I don't yeah. flirt with girls. I don't do weird Instagram, like, you know, likey, flirty <laughs> shit, like no uh -huh. dating apps. I'm, you know, I'm out in the world, a yoga class. I don't look at the girl. She looks at me. None of that. I just shut it all down. I'm fucking closed for business. I'm not going to engage in that. It's not a moral thing. It's just like, I want to focus my energy on going within and healing this part of myself and really growing the fuck up and it's inspiring man and breaking whatever that pattern is so i get six months into it it's january 1st i'm like ha, 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 ha. let me bust out the dating apps and do that thing you know and i had the thought and it was just like oh no i'm not even close to ready i'm still just learning how to like myself and there's one goal that i had in this man and it was you know, something i heard um from someone else it's like to be able to feel comfortable in solitude 
you know, I've never really been alone, dude. I've always used people as a buffer from being by myself, whether it be a sexual relationship or having a bunch of homies around or just being out and being in Hollywood. And it's just like, when have I ever really just sat alone? And I live alone now. You came to my place. Mm -hmm. um, it's been two years I've lived alone there. The first year, I was getting pretty busy. A couple relationships here and there too. And it was just like, wow, at that six month mark, I was like, I'm actually close to feeling good by myself and not feeling the need to run away from that lonely feeling that I've had my whole life. Just that existential feeling of just floating in space and being fucking alone. And just that loneliness is why, yeah. it's why I did drugs. It's why I do Instagram obsessively. It's why I have sex often or have a relationship that's maybe not serving the highest good for me or my partner. So at six months, I'm just going, oh hell no like this is getting interesting now right and even coming out here to austin yeah i came out to austin and by myself i went to barton springs pool by myself and yeah we'll see if you make it through the weekend <laughs> yeah, it's fucking yeah, austin texas right here luke but here's here's the thing i'm out at that pool and there were moments where i felt kind of lonely you know it was like i went kind of at night and yeah. there weren't really people around i don't know anyone and i had the thought man it, i wish i had like a girl here with me you know or a woman as they like to be called uh <laughs> You know, I'm 47. I guess a woman would be more appropriate at this point. <laughs> so I hear, uh, you know, and I just, I saw people picnicking a couple couples and I had that like kind of sinking feeling in my heart. And I thought, no, man, you know, I'm actually good. This feels really good. I'm enjoying yeah. my own company. I'm liking and accepting and, and really having a degree of self-love that I've never experienced, partly because I've been forced just to wake up every day and look at my own ass in the mirror and there's nothing to run with. You know what I mean? So the idea now and i don't know how long i'll go it's not so much about avoiding sex it's about getting to know myself and to like myself and get very fucking clear about who i am as a man and what i have to offer in a relationship and i've really sold myself short in terms of what i'm able to contribute tell me about and it. now i'm yeah, and now I mean, i'm seeing I'm, that I'm like the same boat i'm having this realization it's like dude i'm a fucking awesome man like i'm actually a really cool guy for the right person you know not for every woman, but I know there's a few out there that would probably be pretty stoked to have me in their life. I have a positive influence on, on people's lives, generally speaking, you know? So I'm really starting to feel that. In addition to that, just when I meet a woman now, it's crazy the level of discernment I have. And I see things that I never would have seen before, not in a judgmental way where I'm putting them down, but I mean like deal breakers and red flags or just like ding, 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 like within seconds, I'm just like, nope doesn't meet my standards mm -hmm. of character not my standards physically mm -hmm. my standards of who they are what they're about as a human being well you've cut off that craving and that that yeah. compulsion you know that greed that drives you those unconscious <laughs> forces yeah. that you yeah know, we think we're in control but when our lust is driving the ship i mean you, you i've never at, been in control bro no man you yeah you look at the you look at the bhagavad gita and they talk about like the hardest thing for the human being to control and when you're on the spiritual path, it's actually not even fear because like, and I've been meditating on this as well, because fear is cha super challenging, right? And, and it's difficult to deal with, but ultimately fear lacks truth. Like fear is a delusion and you can dispel and pop that, you know, you can usually like pop that delusion bu bubble at a certain point by surrendering to it, by seeing the truth of the other side, by elevating your, you know, your level of identity by, you know, a lot of different techniques to overcome fear. But lust is like deeply rooted in the animal. You yeah. know, it's like anchored yeah. into the flesh. 
And, and of course, self-preservation part of fear is also anchored into the flesh. Like, yes, avoid the fucking tiger. Like, God, I'm not talking about that type of fear. But like lust itself is, is deeply rooted in the flesh. And that's something nonetheless that we still need to take control of so it doesn't take control of us and drive us into you know patterns of satiation and getting us into all sorts of trouble i mean you talk about look at any you know any kind of powerful person and what was their undoing it's largely the inability to control their lust you know more than more than anything else and i think having taking conscious control of that and being like nope nope I'm in charge, even for however long that might be, just taking a fast and maybe it's no pornography, maybe it's no sex, maybe it's no relationships, maybe it's no, but having some reins on that elephant is absolutely necessary. Otherwise, yeah. you're just on the back of a rampaging beast and good luck, Hope hopefully you don't fall off the fucking cliff. Yeah, you know what I mean? To get the perspective, you're so right. And and I love what you're saying too about those those aspects of ego or those character flaws that are like fear or anger you know those ones are really easy to spot or being dishonest Mm -hmm. like stealing being a liar telling untruths those things are relatively easy to overcome if you have the intention to do so because they're so easy to see oh shit i just (laughs) told that guy i was late because of traffic no i was late because i overslept i just lied oh my god i gotta stop lying or wow that thing's not really mine i shouldn't take that thing or i'm yelling or raging at someone in traffic and like oh my god i'm being such a dick right now i need to be a nicer person like those are easy but you're right that not only for sex but just the craving and wanting of stuff Mm -hmm. you know just that underlying craving i think we get so used to it and it's not something typically that is so immediately damaging to other people like if you get angry and you get physical with someone like there's repercussions very fast and Mm -hmm. it's very obvious outward to everyone around that you're off your shit but you can be self-loathing self-deprecating inside feeling like a piece of shit and no one knows so how do you ferret out those not more mild but those more subtle i guess aspects of ego you know and lust and that craving and wanting is one and dude i'm gonna add to that i i as i said i still sneak in a little you know a little rub out here and there but i've not done porn either yeah I've been, Which on is, a, I've been on a good two like dude well i broke i fucked up well not fucked up but i, I <laughs> indulged like a month ago but really like one porn session in two months and it's been fucking dope dude it it's been dope it's so much so be- liberating. It's so much better because oh, like every smell is better every sight is better yeah. you know i'm blessed with you know two beautiful lovers that i'm seeing right now and like it's just so much better that my mind isn't cluttered with a bunch of desensitization and familiarity with the site, you know? Yeah. And just getting that out of my system as like, I'm, I'm not going back. Like I, yeah. I always thought like, oh, you know, I'll dip in and out. I'll dip in and out. Cause I would take small fast. Yeah. Like, fuck that. I'm not going back. It's I too good. It's too way. good on the other side. I'm, I'm with you, dude. I mean, I don't want to say never. It's just like I say, you know, I don't drink. Hopefully it's never. Right. Uh, because, <laughs> You know the repercussions are pretty intense uh but yeah i'm I'm all these months in now and i'm thinking is there going to be a point where I go oh i'm good with that now i really don't think so because i've had the idea a couple times it's like late at night and i'm like yeah. i feel that lonely feeling i'm it's just kind of like i don't know i just feel a little sad or i'm having whatever feeling i just don't like feeling historically i'll do anything to avoid an emotion i'm feeling an emotion i go oh man i could just crack open my phone right now and i know the keywords you know <laughs> we all have our keywords oh, yeah, man, man the go-to you know that's what got me a month ago is there were some new keywords <laughs> that i had i was like 
what if I typed in this? Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I got to type, about- type that in. <laughs> and, and there's like gateway porn too. Cause I remember when I, you know, this is dude going back 20. All porn is gateway porn. 20, yeah. But 20 years <laughs> ago, I was like, yeah, this really isn't good for me. So, you know, I've been, I've been weaning off it for years and years and years, like less and less and less and also less hardcore stuff. But here's what used to get me is I would, I would just be like, I'd get, my search term would be like, huge natural tits you know or something that's like you know i just want to see some pretty breasts you yeah, know what i'm yeah. saying and then i'd i'd look at those and i'd be like boring I'm, this is not going to get the job done so then it was like lesbians kissing yeah you're like surely that's not going to make me feel creepy and gross the next day and then lesbians kissing leads to this you know and there you go down no the doubt. rabbit hole and it's like getting really dark and that's yeah. how it was for me it was very drug craving addictive feeling you know and i was like god i don't like this it feels good in the moment, but then right afterward, it's like that come down. I was like, I don't like the feeling of coming down. That's why I'm fucking sober. Yeah. I want to stay up, you know? Yeah. And then what would happen with porn too? And I love talking about this because I, I mean, the whole conversation we're having, sometimes I forget there's a microphone and I have this shit streaming on social media. It's like <laughs> embarrassing as fuck, to be honest. I just forget. But then I get feedback from people and they're like, man, you, you know, they're going to say, you and Aubrey were so vulnerable. Man, guys are going to be like, dude, it's so cool to hear other dudes talking about this stuff and being real. And women are going to go, oh my God, I'm in love with you guys. You're so real. <laughs> You're evolving. Thank God, you know. But the porn thing, man, is something that guys, we, you know, we joke around about, but man, it can go to a really dark place, you know? I mean, there's been so many times where, not in in a long time, but when I was in the throes of it, the next day, I'm talking where you go like three or four times, you Uh know what I'm saying? Like, Uh and then each time you go further into the dark, the dark pit of hell. I finished, there's one video that I finished on that like, I still have PTSD (laughs) that I was able to come while watching that video. Like I finished and I was like, fuck i had to like walk around the house i was like well, you know like i saged my computer you know? yeah, yeah. i was like that was fucked up man the like, next day your girlfriend's like why are there ashes all over <laughs> yeah, my laptop yeah like don't go there again all, i had to smudge the macbook yeah, and, and that but that goes back to that initial thing like we all have these darker impulses that are there you know like i can't judge myself as you know judge myself because i was able to enjoy that thing you know it's like we have the capability of enjoying many things and some of those things are unhealthy and some of those things are dark you know but we also have the capability to choose a different way and to acknowledge that you do have that shadow and you do have these darker fantasies and that's okay and it's okay that you do but you know you also have the lighter impulses and the feelings of love and then the other feelings that came on the other side which is like no i don't want that you know Yeah. yeah all right maybe my balls will squirt when i see that you know and i get it but like I don't, my heart didn't feel good. That's Myself didn't feel good. I don't want that in the universe at all. And that, Dude. and the ability to choose that, even though that you know, at that point, I really felt like, man, dick and balls, you really betrayed me. You know, like you really like, I can't believe that you were into it at that moment. Like, that's okay. You know, it's okay that we're this full spectrum being, and just you know, choose to go with the heart and choose to go with love, and that's enough. That's what makes you, you know, that's what makes you a good person. I think also what i started to find with the porn thing is that i'm working really hard to raise my consciousness all the time i mean i'm doing breath work i meditate i pray constantly i mean i'm feeling out for source all the time i'm doing all these practices and then i'm like then sort of digressing and this isn't a right or wrong duality like thing it's just 
there's different levels of consciousness, right? Sure. I mean, you listen to Slayer, you're going to feel different than if you listen to Chopin. Yeah. Straight up, unless you're totally un- asleep. Nothing wrong with Slayer. Like, cool, got your Slayer moment. I dig it, gangster rap, whatever. But dude, I'm just not on that wavelength anymore. Yeah. When I was a teenager, all I listened to was punk rock and metal. I mean, because my head was so loud, the loudness of that music and the aggression and the pain in that Actually was a resonant match yeah. for me. Now, dude, I listen to classical and like uh, yoga mantras. I mean, yeah. I literally can barely listen to rock and roll. I'm just not interested. So here I am, this guy who's like elevating my consciousness. And then I dip down way down the scale to some gnarly ass dark porn. <laughs> of course, it's going to bring me down a few notches. Yeah. And it's like, God, I just worked so hard. I just did a two hour <laughs> fucking yoga class, you know? And now I'm going to go down there. So it's, it's not even a moral thing. It's just like, I want my vibration to be like, to stay up here. Yep. But I started looking into the porn thing. And I think it's important to really examine what it is. There's, there's hormonal things that I've learned about. But it's, it's the energy field of the people usually. And I'm, not, you know, I'm sure there's healthier people doing porn too. I mean, I've actually done porn <laughs> On a couple occasions i hope it's not oh, out anywhere <laughs> not even in my bedroom but like with the crew you know yeah. weird shit i don't have time to get into in my former People life were just googling like a motherfucker yeah right no now. no See, I, I hope actually no i don't god that would suck <laughs> fuck I, no i shouldn't even say that now i'm turning totally red point being now i totally lost the point uh no point being is that you know, I'm working really hard to get this consciousness up. And then the people that are making, I mean, I live in yeah. LA, dude, San Fernando Valley. I mean, no, I've, I been, get it, man. I've been around those people. Most of them are on crystal meth. I mean, the women have been abused. They've been raped. That's why they do drugs. That's why they end and up And it's not always that. the case, but, not but always. there's I'm a lot of that. There's a lot of that there and a lot of that energy. And you take in that energy. That's We're what I'm sensitive. saying energetic beings that's why you put on slayer in your car on 11 and like try to show up and like be in a happy light mood it's i don't know for me it's difficult it's not like anything wrong with the guys in slayer but it's a it's a fucking aggressive demonic energy kind of music you know so it's going to have an effect on your biology and i know the difference because you know i've filmed myself before you know we talked about that that, and then like there's a whole different it doesn't vibe. mess you up it right? doesn't mess me Isn't up because i know that i know that ultimately that was done even if it was dirty it was done yeah. in love you know Bro, and like- i've tripped on that too because when, <laughs> when i first started quitting porn i would i'd you know i'm very sensitive so i okay one night i'm like all right i'm gonna do it and just see what happens to see if i can get away with it and i do it and i'm fine i go to sleep the next day i'm in whole foods or whatever and there's like a cute checkout girl and i can't look her in the eyes i'm all shamey and fucking weird and i'm like <laughs> what's the deal i go i watched porn it infected me with this shamey, weird, dark energy. So then I would watch my own that I'd made with girlfriends where there was, you know, like you said, it might've been kinky and nasty and all that, but there was care involved. It was, yeah. it was not abusive or dark and I'd be fine. Yeah. It's so, it's like the strangest phenomenon, you know? Yeah. But even those, I actually had to take mine and put them on an external hard drive and take them off my computer because I would be more tempted to watch those because I know it's not really going to hurt me, but I wanted to see what it would be like of having actually. No I actually had I had a whole log, and I, one day I got really high, and I just I was just got super paranoid that someone was going to hack in, and like, and so I just like took a hammer to the hard drive, and I just destroyed. I just destroyed like you know all my entire porn collection of, of all the different what? years, but it actually felt it actually felt good you know just because i mean these were some of these were girls that i've lost contact with right you know over the years and i'd hoarded my own private collection i was like 
I can't take that risk anymore. I got to just destroy it. Good and idea. I've been in the habit of now, yeah. you know, filming less, destroying always, and, yeah. and trying to keep. Well, that I told as a friend of mine, I was like, "Hey, I made a big step. I took it off my computer and put it in a drawer in a hard drive." He's like, "Dude, why don't you just delete that shit? Like, why do you even want that?" And I was like, "Maybe someday." <laughs> yeah, I you know. know, I wasn't quite there. Look, I'm not saying that I don't regret. Yeah, you know, some nights <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, "God damn it!" I'm fucking. I mean, I had fine. some amazing partners in my life, man. Totally. You know, it's like kind of neat to relive that, but then if you think about what i always go back to especially with biohacking and stuff like what would nature do like is it possible in nature if we had not evolved to have this technology that you would have that instant recall in front of you of past sexual experiences no it's just not neither is pornography and maybe you're in a tribe that is like down with group sex and shit at some point in our evolution it's possible but there's no way you would have been able to record that and yeah. bring it up on demand so it's it's kind of unnatural and that that speaks to the hormonal part and i when i interviewed john gray again i learned so much from that guy but on a, on a different subject i said dude all right straight up you know all about the hormones you know about men and women why does porn jack well how come i can't watch porn without getting all depressed and weird and shamey the next day and being all depleted of energy and he's like oh it's very simple when you get stimulated by porn you get this huge rush of dopamine the difference between watching porn and maybe this is true to some degree from watching porn you've made with girlfriends and partners and stuff um, or even you know having sex with like people that you pay to have sex with i've never had that feeling like that comes after a porn binge and i just I implicated myself in indulging in um, <laughs> prostitution but whatever um i told him i said when you pay, I, i've paid for sex right which is there's no love involved it's just sure. a very transactional okay then i've had girlfriends then i've watched pornography and all of those things are fine. I feel great afterward. Even if there's no real intimate or loving connection, it's fine. But if I watch porn, I get just destroyed emotionally, spiritually. Because it's very easy because you get this download of dopamine. But when you're by yourself, you don't produce norepinephrine or oxytocin. When you have sex with another human mm. being, you get the same rush of dopamine, but you also get equal measures of norepinephrine, if I'm pronouncing it right, and oxytocin. Yeah and it balances you out and stabilizes you so that dopamine doesn't give you this deleterious effect i was like god damn finally someone could explain what's happening because cool. i experimented for years trying to hack the system and like find a way to get away with that shit and he's just like yeah good luck it's never going to happen porn is at a certain level of consciousness when you're used to feeling really good and having high levels of dopamine and serotonin throughout your day like we're experiencing probably right now because you're never going to be able to go back but yeah. you can have sex with anyone you want because it'll be buffered hormonally. In other words, like you're defying nature. And so your body's like, what is this shit? We don't, we're yeah, not used to this much used dopamine. To having the touch and yeah. having the other things. But Isn't that crazy? That's really cool. That's it's really dope, cool. dope shit. So there you go. There's my lesson in, in Dig it. the ins and outs of pornography. No pun intended. <laughs> well, shit, man. This is one of my longest podcasts I've ever dropped and it's fucking worth it. That was awesome. I know. Well, dude, when I saw the timer on the one hour thing, I was like, I hope someone else is watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes when I sit down with people, the vortex opens and, you know, there we go. There it is. Um, Lifestylist podcast. That's that's the home base, the Lifestylist podcast, three words. And your episode was only, I don't know when this is coming out, but it was only a few ago. I put it out every Tuesday. And mm -hmm. then um, you can also find me at lukestory.com. With an E. E-Y, S-T-O-R-E-Y. And uh, I got to say, I'm a pretty good Instagram follow. Uh, I do a lot of really wacky things on there, especially the stories, because I know they're going to disappear. So <laughs> Good shit, yeah, brother. Yeah. It's awesome to have you here, man. Look Thank you so much. This weekend. Good to see you, dude. Thanks, everybody. Love you, fam. Peace. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Make sure to check out Luke's podcast, The Lifestylist Podcast. 
And of course, appreciate you guys leaving reviews and all the love that we've been receiving from the podcast, from the book, and that everything we're doing, that's really what keeps me going. And I appreciate you guys so much. I'll see you next week.